Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton. Welcome to Season 4 and the 98th episode of the Practice and Learning Teams podcast show. On today's podcast, we start a new series called Hop Into Action. Hopefully the title of the series is self-explanatory. I am joined by Jeff Liff, Brent Robinson, Josh Bryant and Diane Archan as a group of Hop and learning teams practitioners looking to make sense of putting HOP, learning teams and the 4Ds into action for organizations to learn and improve. Think of the series as a mini learning team. We have a theme for each episode and we allow it to evolve or devolve organically. So please sit back and enjoy this series of HOP into action sponsored by Safety Differently Merch, providers of curated merchandise befitting your Safety Differently journey. Is this a general chat anyway, Brent, or you got a structure? Or I know you're recording, but... You'll find out. Okay. That's a surprise, Josh. Okay. Brian, this is your life. (laughs) Whose voice is this now? That's your elementary school teacher, Josh. The geologist's name in Big Bang Theory is Bert Kibler. Bert, of course, Bert. And and that's lucky because Josh is as dumb as a box of rocks. So oh, it's only that appropriate. Harsh. That, <laughs> Bert Bryant. That, that we embrace diversity. I am Bert Bryant. Okay, welcome to the inaugural episode of Hop Into Action. And with me today, we have Jeffrey Lith from Canada, Brent Robinson from Melbourne, Australia, Josh Bryant from Brisbane, Australia, and Diana Chan, my colleague from Auckland, New Zealand. Welcome everyone to this first episode of What the Hell's Going to Happen? Well, thanks, Brent. Hey, We'll thanks, put some Brent. game music on the background. So guys- Very uh, diverse team. Yeah, why, why, are we, why are we doing this? So why are we calling it Hop Into Action? Big blanks. Because it's about bloody time. It's about time. It's about time. And, and look, more and more, Jeff, we, we keep hearing from people about going back to the hot fund, fundamentals themselves. And, you know, we, we see more and more posts about, about people sort of, you know, weaponizing, moving away from those core principles. Um, but more importantly, for, from my perspective, I was hoping that we want more organizations to actually start to try things. Because we talk about the Trojan mouse, and the Trojan Mouse is really an effective tool. But just going back to those core principles of HOP, that when we're doing these things, we need to always sit back and ask ourselves, are we following those core principles? And, and you know, when we think about that, we talk about, you know, people make mistakes, blame fixes nothing, learning and improving is vital, context drive behavior, and response to failure matters. And, and I love your one, Josh, when we think about those critical controls and those critical steps, control save lives as that sixth principle. 
But let's start, let's start with a controversial about the four days. So we've just released the new book on the four days. Does the four days meet the hot principles? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say yes. And the reason being is that asking that question about, you know, the dumb sense-making is you opening the door to understand systems and context. So it actually meets that. You're actually trying to understand what's making sense. Um, the different is about learning and understanding why things are why things are different. Uh, the difficult, I find, <laughs> has actually come from how leaders are responding. Um, are they, you know, do they understand that they play a part in maybe implementing some of these difficulties, implementing some of these rubs? Um, and then I always get mixed up and tongue-tied, I really do. Um, the difficult, dangerous, ah, the dangerous, that ownership of the dangerous, right? Why, why are people having to make adjustments? Why are people in the conditions they are? I actually think that still meets the principle of, you know, air is normal because you are introducing humans into your system. So you might be able to introduce them into that dangerous environment, introducing into that system. Um, and knowing that, you know, they've had to adjust to the rub, you know, that's where that uh, blame fixes nothing, really trying to understand that normal work through asking the four Ds. When we, I find that when we're using the four Ds, what it does is, especially with the front line, um, we're actually being vulnerable. We're asking the question, you know, what are we asking you to do that's dumb in your mind? And that really opens opens the door for them to come back and say, well, you know, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, if we just did it this way, um, it would be much simpler or it'd be better or, you know, and so it opens from a, you know, management or a leadership principle um, or a standpoint, it really makes sense that um, we're being curious. And I think that's that's what I've found. And once you open that door, people are starting to come to you and it really breaks down any barriers you might have had there when you turn up to a site or, you know, into a factory or wherever it might be. And that's what I love about it. it. It's really changed that conversation from that point of view. Yeah, Brent, from our from our perspective as well with the four Ds, even, you know, we've tried to ingrain the hop philosophies into the business where I work. Um, could I go out in the field and say to a supervisor, oh, can you tell me the five hop philosophies? Unlikely. Yeah. But they know that it's woven through the DNA of the business, but the four Ds has just really resonated to them to say, hey, I don't need to be coached in facilitation to go and ask these questions. Um, and the four Ds has, has really opened um, the mind of leaders to go out and really understand and be curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, when I think about that question, Brent, um, I look at it a number of ways. Um the four the four Ds gives you a, a place to start that conversation and a really easy one, exactly as Josh has said. You know, you don't have to know the five principles intimately in order to have a really good conversation that's valuable to the front line straight away and valuable um, to supervisors and management. Um, so it's it's almost like the, the tool 
brings out all of those those principles, but is a really good um, scaffold to introduce the new ideas and to test that as you go along, you know. So, for example, you know, the team learns. So at the end of the four days, you can ask, you know, what is it that we learned today as a group? Um, you know, what are we seeing with, re with regards to, you know, those errors that are being made by ourselves or others that we're interacting with? Um, so as, as a facilitator, you knowing those principles and how to ask those questions to help people learn is great. And then just getting all of the information about the context around how, you know, how that's driving behavior is amazing as well. So I think it, it's such a great multi-use um, element, really. You know, again, it, it, don't use it from a vanilla point of view. Look at it from where um, your organization you're working with or where you are at in the organization. It, it is a great question and great conversation. I think, Brent, um, that it is true the way this space evolves to stay it is important that we stay true to, you know, this founding principles. And so it's a, it's a very fair question, but I like the conversation we're having and that the nature of hop in action is we don't necessarily lead with the principles or lead with the philosophy, but we can refer back to it as, as needed. And we've already, I think, exemplified it. So people tend to get those principles a lot more, but to answer your question, I was hanging back to see what the team would come up with, but to answer your question head on, I mean, I biased. I'm super biased, but I'd say it's it's. I think it does a really good job on all of the hot principles. I'd say it does a reasonable job on the three tenets of safety differently. I'd say that it's somewhat safety too, um, and that it it kind of orients us in the general direction of maybe HRO like thinking off off in the distance around the curvature of the Earth. But but I think it's certainly on with the hot principles. I think. Um, you know, I, I'll still say about the safety two angle is that is that you know it, it, Eric really wants us to look at the whole and and focus on balance between creating gain and 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 preventing loss. And so I think it's perfectly valid in the safety two discussion to look for those operational rub points or weak signals. I mean, it is true we're still looking to left of center on the bell curve a little bit but it's very right of bell curve minded and it's not waiting for incidents or, or accidents, it's proactive. So I think we do, I'd say all hop, two thirds of safety differently, probably about two thirds of safety too. And it <laughs> generally gets us, it's like smelling, uh, as far as HRO, I think it's like the smell of bread from a bakery. Like, you know, it's coming from somewhere and you're, you're mm -hmm. gonna follow your nose and find it. <laughs> so it's like a Swiss army knife. So, so, but, but what I'm hearing is, the, the, the person who is um, receiving the four Ds and are participating in the four Ds, they don't need to understand the hot principles. But the person delivering the four Ds needs to understand those principles because otherwise, as we all know, people can weaponize. So the four Ds can be used as much for good and they could also be used for bad. They could be used to blame. In the wrong, in the, yeah, new language in, in uh, or what is it, wolves, wolves dressed in the clothing of new language. But, but is it, is it, I can see it's the fund, fundamentals, the principles, but I think that there's still, is it true that it is, are the principles the way 
to approach someone who's going to go have these conversations? Is it the most effective way? Or is there other ways based on the principles, again, that we can just help them really understand their privilege and get over themselves and understand the strategic advantage in going out and making proactive system improvements? I, I think we could come from the angle of the of the hop principles to a field leader that was going to use them, but we could we could come again in a similarly pragmatic angle towards those field level leaders. But I think people need to, um, well, maybe they don't need to realize, but once you realize that you're getting real feedback from the field, from the very people at the front line, and it's unencumbered, right? It, it's It's raw and it's real and it's the way that they see it. It's super powerful, you know, and some of, just some of the simplest things that we've seen from it have a net effect on the organization, you know, and not all of it will, right? A lot of it, you know, will be weak signals and noise. And, you know, that's where I think there's some opportunity there. But the power of it, if it's used for, you know, for good within those hot principles, it's super powerful. It just really excites me because you just see stuff that I never thought we were going to see from it popping up. And it's really cool. And people just want to use it. And, you know, and once you make it available and easy to use and people get a positive reaction from it, it sort of grows on itself. And that's what I like about it. Can I? Can I interject with a question? I, I I want to put that back to Josh and and say that yep we can go and we can ask and um, we, you know we've had good success uh, hearing what we want to hear even in organizations that are really new and are are still kind of blamey or still still like a little safety one we can still go ask those questions and 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 still get the answers but it's what we do with the answers once it's received and so. Um, the simplicity of asking how we talk to leaders, what they need to know before they go asking. But I wanted to ask Josh specifically. So when you started to experience this kind of information coming up from the field, I want to ask you about the the closing of the closing of the loop, if you will, or the sealing of the deal. When when your leadership then saw these nuggets of information as opportunities for improvement and got so keen on ironing out those those operational wrinkles and really feeling a part of the loop of of continuous performance improvement tied in to the field. So did that was that a noticeable change in your mind once once the first loop started closing from field feedback to to actual tangible support of field operations? Yeah, uh, our leaders have always liked uh, learning teams and they, I mean, we use them now and then, but it was almost like with the introduction of the four Ds and we only did it quite recently, like only at the end of last year, but it was almost the glue that brought all of the leadership team together. Like this is operational leaders, asset management, you know, HSE, HR, brought them all together and going through all the four Ds and, you know, Brent, Brett's been really good because he goes, you can go in with this information and think that you need to fix everything. But the leadership team probably went in with 50-50 going, oh, wow, I did not know that. I really didn't know that. And unless we'd asked that 4D question, we wouldn't have a clue. We'd have no idea 
we could dig deeper into that and use a learning team to explore that. Um, but yeah, it was having a real idea that, you know, hearing from the CEO going, I had no idea they had to do it that way in the field. Why are we letting them do that? Like that's on us. And again, that comes back to that hot principle of leaders response matters. When supervisors were putting in the four Ds, they were waiting to see where they went. They just thought they would just fly away into the ether and it'd be the, oh, yep, we did, you know, 17 4Ds this month and we acted on one. Like we ha- we as leaders had to stand up and actually take this information and either share with the business what we'd learnt and go, hey, we did this 4D and we learnt these things. Um, and exam- there's examples throughout the book that um, Brett Robinson's given. Um, or is it, oh, Actually, we took action on this and we're going to do this across all sites. So, yeah, it really just opened management's eyes. And like I said, I just want to reiterate, it brought us closer together. Really, the introduction of 4Ds has actually brought the leadership team closer together. We're actually closer to our supervisors now because we're acting and we're listening and we're trying to learn. Um, And it's actually brought a lot of stabilization to the business as well. Like things are, you know, there's a bit of standardization um, there's activities that happen across all the sites now. So we're just getting that, you know, a little bit more normality across these little microcultures because, you know, the, the 4Ds have, has actually, you know, given us those insights. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's precisely what I was thinking, Josh, is that thinking again about that prep is that sure, the foundations, fundamentals are important, for preparation, but I don't know that the preparation was so much as we phrased it there initially. It's not for the asking of the questions; it's for dealing with the, the results. The information the questions, yeah. right? And it's it's those it's those foundational concepts that I think really have to be solid to to go back and close the loop, to seal the deal, to make the improvement, to be motivated, yeah. and have the courage to to take all this information on board and not be afraid of all that powerful information that it's. Yeah, I mean, our our first month we had 60 4D workplace insights and it was completely overwhelming. Um, but again, you know, thanks to the coaching of this group, because I, I feel I'm the operations type person, right? So I can go and test this and micro experiment what this team puts forward as well. Um, and, you know, the, the coaching I received from this team is like really start looking at the themes, like work with the leaders on themes. It doesn't have to be the individual 60 components. What are the themes of the four Ds that are coming through that the business can learn from? That's great, Josh, because we do consider you to be the rock of this group. So I'm really pleased that you've (laughs) you've said that. (laughs) (laughs) But look, it's really interesting because um, in the book, The Practice of Learning Teams and in the follow-up white paper, we, we, we talked about the fact that learning happens at three levels, that learning happens at a worker level, learning happens at a work group level and learning happens at, at an organizational level. And there's no doubt that the four Ds, that worker and work group learning happens as an outcome. It just happens. And I think what Josh was alluding to is that for organizations um, wanting to learn from this, they actually have to work out how to listen first. I guess, um, Brent, that's exactly right, isn't it? We In the work that we've done, and, and we allude to that in my chapter of the book, um, organisations do find it harder to listen 
than anyone else. And I think Brent, you had kind of said, you know, the the four Ds puts people who are, are participating in that place of, of real vulnerability. And I think from a leadership perspective, you know, making sure that, you know, when you're discussing the results or you're sharing those results, that um, the leadership kind of know that how they respond matters is really key because they are people at the end of the day as well. And it is, they need to put themselves in that vulnerable, vulnerable space. Um, yeah, look, yeah. I, we, we saw that time when some leaders were saying, who said that? Yeah. Who made that comment? Okay, so, because obviously it struck a raw nerve. And, and it does, isn't it? it? Because they, they, it's so new for them to hear this. I, I mean, Josh, like you can talk to that, right? Where they, your group had sort of said, oh, look, we didn't know any of this was happening. So it's it's almost like it's a shock. So, you know, you do have to help bed in some of that shock and say, well, actually it's not about you guys. It's the system. Um let's go through that process of of learning and listening uh, as opposed to that reacting space. And in one of those sessions we had recently, Diane, someone from the um, armed services was present and and, and they and that they they talked about um, this whole thing that we we set our people up to fail. So when these things go wrong, it's because we set them up to fail. And it was really interesting because that was a really fascinating response because, you know, what they're basically saying is that we need to do better about setting people up for success. The um, the one thing I've found with the four Ds is that it really um, does help answer that question of what's happening when nothing bad is happening. Um, so what we found is that, that, you know, we even looked at, we, we get a lot of data, right? And we love sharing that with industry. And we, we can show that in the months that, like in the last three months, we've had six um, injuries. You know, that can be niggles, that can be cuts, that can be a, a broken toe. So we've had six injuries. But those six injuries have happened over like nearly 12,000 shifts. Like that's a lot of hours and a lot of things going well. And then you then you put the four Ds on top of that. And just the information, like that weak signals coming in and just going, how how are we not having more injuries when we've got all this going on? And it really does help the business to go, this is how people are adapting. This is how people are making do. These are the things that they're almost like putting up with. And so those four Ds have really opened up to us to go, this is what's happening when nothing bad's happening. And we can actually leaning on Eric's words, like we can actually ensure more things go well um, when bad things aren't happening. I just counter that, counter that or contrast that response with the response we hear occasionally, which is we're just learning too much. I just can't learn anymore. I've, I've learned enough this quarter. We've learned sufficiently this quarter. We can't handle any, cease all learning for the remainder yep. of the quarter. And then next quarter, we can begin learning again. We only do 42 learnings this quarter. <laughs> oh, but but, but, but in, in saying that, sorry, but in saying that, that it, it's a funny thing though, but, and this is where Brent's been good as a coach for me to go, you know, if you are trying to fix everything, there's going to be a cost and everyone gets really scared because suddenly the 4Ds cost you an insane amount of money because you're trying to fix everything. Whereas 
it's also about learning. You're trying to learn as well and understand. It's not just about fixing and spending money. Welcome to Safety Differently Merchandise, the premium sponsor for the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. Our curated lines of inspirational clothing, headwear, cups, stationery and more, at Safety Differently Merchandise, is befitting of your Safety Differently journey. I am Arthur Taylor, Chief Designer. I have spent decades on Savile Row, and honored to bring my talents, for all fine purveyors and devotees of. Hop. Learning Teams. Safety Differently. Safety 2. And the New View. Please visit the store, and purchase our fine goods at safetydifferently.merch.com. And now, back to the show.